Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler. We're here to preview Villa's upcoming year and make our predictions for what lies ahead. Will Villa win a trophy after 27 years of hurt? Can Professor Unai mastermind a Premier League title charge? Dare we to dream? But before we get to that, Frankie, how have you been? I've been very good, George, because I was at your wedding day. That's right. We've been talking about it for some time, Frankie, but it's mm. finally here. It's finally come and gone. Did you have a nice time? Absolutely fantastic. I think the best thing I've ever seen at any wedding ever was that you named every table after one of your favourite Villa players. That's right. Uh, and That's I, right. I, I take it as a great compliment that I was sat at the McGrath table. Yes, and that was a conscious decision to do that, Frankie. I know, you know, he's, he's one of our best ever players. God oh, to yeah. many. God yeah. to many. God to you. So, yeah, I thought, well, I've got to put Frankie Maguire on that table. So, did you, did you enjoy it, Frankie? I did indeed. It was a fantastic day, George. The food was absolutely exquisite. I think the suits, I mean, I, didn't we all look good, George? Didn't oh, we, we did hey? look great. Champagne, look- grenadine, Thai. <laughs> On tour. We, we looked like uh, the Spice Boys, didn't we? The, Liver- we did, the yeah. Liverpool FA Cup team of 95, 96, was it? Yeah, yeah I, I, I guess. I, which one would I? Who like Jamie Redknapp, one of them. Would you be That's David right. James? Slightly calamitous. <laughs> David James, <laughs> Stephen McManaman. Take yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, who else was in that? Um, Grobelar, was he? Grobelar, in that maybe. Oh, I can't maybe. imagine. He, he, he no. looked that sharp in a, in, a, in a sort of, what was it? A bay, beige suits, wasn't it? Yeah, Phil Babb. Feel about bab, the, the yeah. white suits, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I felt like a good old spice boy there. Um, Excellent. And uh, yeah, well, but what a what a great day, George. Did you have a good time? That's the key. I question. did. I did, Frankie. I did. I did. I'm, I'm glad you picked up on the table names. I knew you would. I knew you would. Yeah. I think it was um, uh, 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 Rasheen Mendonca, formerly of this parish. Oh yeah, as they say, uh, one of the founders of this fabled podcast, who um, came up to you and said, "Oh, Frankie, have you seen the have you seen the table names?" Hmm. I saw it. There was a glint. There was a glint in her eye, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was great. That was, that was one. That was the one thing about the wedding. I put my foot down on. You hmm. know, you can have what you can have. A di- I said to my, I said to Rosie, I said you can have a band or a DJ. You can have whatever food you want. You know, you can invite whoever you want. Uh, but Frankie's got to come, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, she didn't want you to come, Frankie. But I said, no, no, Frankie's coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but so there were two things I put my foot down on. I said, you coming. And then I said, the table names have got to be Villa players. And to be fair, she relented very, very quickly. She That's said, good to hear. You know what? If you're that passionate about it, go on then. And yeah. then she said, can we call one of the tables Melberg? So, <laughs> <laughs> so and you were did. on the Grealish table, George. You're on the Grealish I was. Side. Well, controversial perhaps to some Villa fans. I just thought, you know, it, it, I, I think for me now he's moved to Man City. It's a bit water under the bridge. And I can look back and respect him as a as someone who was um, integral to us coming back up, a local lad done good, what a player, got us £100 million in the kitty and has turned us kind of into the team we are now. So we've certainly improved since he's gone. So I I thought, you know what, we'll be table Grealish. We'll take that one. Yeah. It's just like you, George, local lad who's done good. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm, I'm local lad muddling along. (laughs) <laughs> hoping something comes off one day it will frankie just keep one at day. it you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll be you'll be doing all right you, you should have named all the tables after the different villa podcasts there's like about a million of them so you're gonna... <laughs> yeah i know that's true i, I just <laughs> named it all villa no filler we've looked back at the wedding let's look ahead now mm. the wedding's done forget about it yeah. it's all about it's all about villa it's all about the new season until the next one until the next one <laughs> um so tell you what frank how are you how are you feeling about villa this season well, George, uh, justified optimism, uh, belief that we're going to win the Premier League title, belief that we could actually win a trophy rather than sort of hoping we might just get top half. It's 
George, what Professor Unai Emery has done to this football club, revitalising us, making us believe. Uh, it is an incredible time to be an Aston Villa fan, absolutely. Everything we saw from the moment Unai Emery came in the door, particularly from around January time, when we went on that crazy sort of winning run, uh, right through to uh, the end of the season, to getting into Europe, to pre-season, where we've seen some tactical adjustments, some impressive performances. Um, everything about it just suggests to me that there's no reason we shouldn't be excited. Now, look, I'm not saying we're going to go and win 10 in a row at the start of the season. You know, I'm not saying we're going to go to Newcastle and win 5 nil or whatever. But there's every reason to believe that over the course of the season, Aston Villa can do something quite special. We have a, we have a super strong midfield now super strong uh, defence. Uh, there's one or two areas where I'd like a bit more strength and depth, namely up front and in goal. But overall, there's no reason to look at Villa's squad and think it can't compete with anybody, really, you know, on their day. Uh, over the course of the season, of course, things will level itself out. Um, I'm not sure we'll quite break into the Champions League places. But if we did, I wouldn't be surprised. That's kind of how I feel about Aston Villa now when a year ago it was you know more of a hopeful like maybe we can get top half maybe Stevie Big Bollocks can you know <laughs> Big Bollocks his way up to the top half of the table make us believe um but no uh it's it's a manager who clearly has a plan for every game buys players um with an idea in his head of what he wants to do with them uh everything about it that I'm seeing at Villa right now makes me feel quite excited well makes me feel very excited about what could potentially happen this season so George are you as elated as I am at the, the prospect of this season yeah yeah absolutely I, I mean you know we saw we saw with Newcastle under Eddie Howe when um, he came in after Steve Bruce was uh, was was dispensed with uh, you know he had, he had half a season and he rocketed them up the table very much like Unai did once Stevie G left Phillip Park and then in his first full season, he got them Champions League football, didn't he? So, you know, there's no reason to say that Unai Emery can't do that with, with Villa. It's going to be a huge challenge, but we've strengthened in all the right areas. And to be honest, I kind of feel like, you know, if the season started today uh, and if the transfer window shut, I th I'd be very happy with our business. I think, you know, just bringing in those uh, kind of three main players, really, in in um, Torres, Diaby and, and Tielemans, that's really strengthened the squad, um, and it, it is about strengthening the squad. It's not just about the starting eleven. It's about the players on the bench, the impact players who can come off and, and make a difference. I think we've we've kind of got we've got enough there. I would obviously like to see more, and I think we will see more. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's in those forward areas, either the wingers or up front uh, to support Ollie Watkins. Um, that would be nice, and, and perhaps a goalkeeper too. Uh, to kind of maybe push um, Martinez, um, but I think Emery has come out and said he's he's happy with Olsen. And if, as we said before, Frankie, whatever Emery's happy with, I'm happy with. So hmm. so if Emery's happy with Olsen, then that's fine for us to start the season with Olsen as the number two. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to the season as I was at the start of last season. Obviously, that didn't start so well, but I do think we'll we'll get off to a good start. I've been very encouraged by our preseason performances as well. Um, so everything is ticking along quite, quite nicely and yeah, no, really looking forward to it and just can't wait for that season opener against, uh, Newcastle to start. So on, on that note, then Frankie, you mm -hmm. were saying, I wouldn't be surprised about where we could finish, you know, whether we would finish in the top six, for example. So if you could nail a place down for Villa to finish based on everything we've just said, where do you think we'll end up come May next year? If I try to predict where Villa are, I think 
we because of the tactical tweaks we've seen in preseason, there might be some teething issues. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the opening weeks of the season, we maybe have one or two slightly underwhelming results compared to what we're hoping for. But that once it clicks, Villa will be really, really hard to stop. And we'll probably get up to speed a little bit quicker than some other teams because of European competition. So we're going to play more. But eventually that will level itself out because, you know, if we go far in Europe or we go far in a few different competitions um, and the game volume increases... Uh, I could see uh, Villa maybe levelling out sort of around March time. It seems to be the the haunted period for Villa where you mm. know, February was where we would always fall apart under O'Neill and happened under Gregory as well, didn't it? So I think it's, I think the test for Villa is if we start well and we're in contention, you know, for Champions League places by February, it's about get, it's about overcoming that, that sort of hoodoo, isn't it? And the one thing with Uno Emery is that with it, with him, we've overcome those hoodoos constantly, haven't we? We've, mm. you know, Manchester United, we haven't beaten them for a million years, beat them. Um, you know, various other results, like, you know, going away to West Ham, places like that, but we kept losing, losing all the time to Tottenham, beat Tottenham at home for the first time in a million years, didn't lose at West Ham. Just little things like that. These sorts of curses have been ending under Emery. So I'm going to dare to dream that they end this season, though I do think that the fact that we haven't played in Europe for a long time is probably going to, you know, probably going to affect us a little bit just as we get used to that again. Um, but the squad depth is there in the centre and defence. It's just if Watkins gets injured or Martinez, I sort of worry that that's really going to cost us. Um, so I'm going to say with all that in my head, I actually think Villa could even potentially finish as high as third, daring to dream. Wow, okay. But I don't think we will. I think I'm going to say sixth, uh, though that could even be underselling it a little bit. But I... I I'm, uh, you know, sixth would still be a very, very good finish to the season. Though, you know, five Champions League places available this season. So why not? Why not go for it? Um, but I, I think we might just finish sixth. How okay. about you, George? Yeah, I, it's one of those things where I think what has to be taken into account is, you know, first of all, Unai Emery as a manager, he is used to playing in Europe and domestically. You know, he's he, he's every club he's been at, basically, he's experienced both, you know, competing on, on multiple fronts. And he said that, you know, he said before that that's what he enjoys doing. That's what mm. he, he he likes to do as a manager. That's what he, that's what, as I say, he's used to doing. You know, the players might not be used to it, but Emery as a manager is so... Um, so I think, you know, that does have to be taken into account. There have been some people saying, well, you know, Villa are going to struggle to compete on all fronts and might struggle in the Premier League as a result of playing in Europe. I don't think that's going to be as big a factor as some people are suggesting based okay. on based on that, which um, I hope is true. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, player for player, it's difficult for us, for, for me to see us finishing below seventh. I just I just can't see it. I think there's a number of clubs as well around like around that sort of from first down to seventh who are kind of restructuring in many ways. You know, will Brighton have as good a season as they did last year? Obviously, they're 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 losing a lot of key players, but we know how well they how good they are at replacing players. So, mm-hmm. and they've got Deserbi and a manager who's who's done really well in his um, spell in charge of Brighton. So, how will they perform this year? Newcastle, obviously, they're strengthening but they haven't spent as much as many people would have predicted they would have mm. spent you know uh, i think um eddie howe has also said that they've got to manage their finances which sound a bit remarkable sounds a bit remarkable but if that's mm. the case then then that could slow them down in terms of their progress 
Uh, Chelsea still seems to be a bit of a work in progress. And Cuckoo, yeah. their new signing, has suffered a major injury today. He's out for four months. How is that going to impact them this season? And Spurs again, will they lose Kane? Um, you know, so, so a lot of teams around us seem to be going through a bit of a sticky spell, whereas we just seem to be strengthening. You know, there's yeah. only positive vibes coming out of Villa at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, all the stars seem to be aligning for us to have a really good season next season. So, and as you say, fifth is the, the, the place to squeak into Champions League football. I think Emery will look at that as the target. You know, his target was Europe and we got into Europe. I wonder whether his target will be Champions League in that fifth place spot. And I think we'll finish fifth. So I'm, I think we're going to finish fifth, Frankie. That's my oh, wow. prediction for this year. Well, isn't that an amazing change from the last couple of years where we've been predicting it and it's been like, well, maybe top half. Another <laughs> season been like, I think we'll just, we won't get relegated. And this mm. season it's like Champions League. Just- <laughs> yeah, I know. Because the <laughs> thing is, I, I think we, we, we like to temper our... Um, our we hopes, do. Frankie. Generally we speaking, we, we don't we don't think you know. Gen- like there are some Villa fans that think, oh yeah, we can we can nail Champions League football this year, or even you know mount a title charge. I, I don't. I genuinely don't believe that. But I, I just do think, based on the balance of everything, as I've as I've said, I I do genuinely think we've we're we're, we're ready made for a really really strong season. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna be optimistic and say with it, with with realism, based on what mm. I've said, and say fifth. Yeah, and you know, actually, just one quick point as well. Actually, we mentioned West Ham. People think of them last season in the Conference League; they won it, but they actually struggled in the Premier League. But the season before, they got to the semi-final of the Europa League, yeah, and did really well in the Premier yeah, League. So there's exactly, no reason yeah. we can't look at their squad and what they did, and our manager and their manager, and think we can't do the same as they did that season. Absolutely, I agree. Um, and then you know, you look at quality teams like you know Man City, Arsenal, yeah, Man City actually, uh, you know. They, they did it all last year, didn't they? Uh, you know, it, ca- it can be done. There's no such yeah. thing as doing well in in, in, in one uh, one part of the season and doing badly and, you know, in, in, in another. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can we can do that. Okay, so yeah. can we push for a trophy? Yes, and I think we're going to win a trophy. That's that's my, again, I'm going to say it. I, look, you know, I, for too long, I've been an Aston Villa fan who is just, you know, we're going to survive. We're going to be all right. We might we might do something surprising. This season, I'm saying under Professor and I, Emery, we're going to do it this season. We're going to make it past the third round of the FA Cup. We're going <laughs> to do it. Even when we draw Man United at Old Travel, we are going to get past them. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to say, I can't remember if you and I, Emery, ever won the Copa del Rey in Spain. I'm not sure if he ever did, actually. Um, obviously, the Europa League is his playground but uh i'm not sure so fa cup is sort of the equivalent of that um i'm gonna say man city and villa gets the final of the carabao cup if we don't meet each other before and can we beat city in a final i just don't know is it but i'm gonna say villa win some win a trophy and i think it's gonna be the conference league that's my prediction um I'm daring to dream, George. West Ham, Claret and Blue won it. Aston Villa this season. It'll be Burnley the season after. We've got to keep the Claret and Blue dream alive. So the flag yeah. flying. Conference yeah. League, here we come. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of commentators have said Conference League is is a is a um realistic ambition for Villa. I think Jamie Carragher said that on a Sky Sports show to the other day. 
Um, and I, yeah, I would, I would agree. I mean, I'd love to live a, love to win a domestic trophy. Obviously, it's been what ninety six was the last cup that we won against Leeds, um, and you know we came close, well, close ish, I guess, against Man City a couple of years ago, didn't we? Um, Dean Smith led us to the Carabao Cup final there. Um, yeah, I'd love to live, win a domestic trophy, um, but I think you know, given Unai's track record in Europe, given you know the excitement that will be around. Uh, around the team, you know, we will take we will take thousands, thousands and thousands of fans across Europe, and I think that will give the team a big boost as well. So, mm. I think, um, and I think to be honest, the competition is probably, dare I say it, slightly slightly easier to manage. Maybe the quality of the quality of of teams, particularly in the Premier League, is so strong that I think if you if you played more than half the teams in the Premier League in Europe, they would they would go pretty far. Mm. Whereas I think, you know, if you're playing teams in, no disrespect, but, you know, teams in Switzerland or teams in, in um, you know, even teams in, some teams in Italy or some teams in Croatia, you know, do you know I mean, like, like you well, think we can... Jordan, we can... But it, it is that risk though, George, of like, it is you that, know, it is you, go, that risk. you go to somewhere like Besiktas and it's that, that noise and being in a foreign environment and playing on a Thursday night. That is... I think even if you are probably man for man the best team, it's still there's something yeah. about it that's not it's different. It's different. It is different. Um but you know, and, and to be fair to West Ham, at least they had a year's worth of experience exactly. playing in, in, experience. in Europe before, which could make you know, which could make all the difference. But um but yeah, I mean, as I say, we've got a manager who's been there and done it multiple times before, and you'd like to think that he can channel that experience to to help the players and and yeah okay they haven't played in domestic european competition but we have a team that is full of internationals you know they've played overseas multiple times they've played in those sorts of um atmospheres you know high pressure um so you know i'm still confident i'd love a domestic trophy but i think your conference league is the is the trophy that we we can target so hopefully that can be in the bag. Look at us. Champions League qualification and a, and a, and a, <laughs> and a trophy. Oh, it's going to be embarrassing when we uh, listen back to this in three weeks after Hibs have knocked us out 3-0 <laughs> at Villa Park. I know. I know. John McGinn in tears. Um, <laughs> tears of joy for Hibs. Yes. Um, yes. Right. So who's the key man, Frankie? Who's going to propel us to uh, Champions League football and uh, and a trophy? You know what I like about this Villa team is that every player feels like a key man. That's a bit of a cop-out answer, isn't it? But everybody feels like they have such a crucial role. There are some players that I feel you'll miss more than others. I particularly think Ollie Watkins comes into that primarily because the depth isn't there at his position at the moment. We've all just got to be patient with Archer and Duran because they're both young, they're both talented, and I think they can both play in the Premier League. Particularly I, yeah, I think I think I do think they've got a part to play, and and the problem is, you know, it's it's the Harry Kane conundrum. It's like we have one star striker who is due to start every game, but who's who's of good enough quality, but is also happy to sit on the bench, um, you know, most weeks. It's yeah. it's difficult to find that player, isn't it? So I'm more than happy to settle with Cameron Archer as someone who could perhaps come on and make a difference. But yeah, we'll we'll still see. There's plenty of you know time left in the transfer window. We, we might make some more moves. And finding that Ollie, finding that uh, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, yeah, exactly. Oli Gunnar Watkins. But I think, uh, yeah, I think, um, do you know, I think I'm going to go with, there's two players, I think. Um, John McGinn, Douglas Ruiz. And the only reason I say that is because I think the two of them have reached incredibly high levels under um, Unai Emery. I think most players have improved under Emery, barring one or two. 
But I think those two really have reached a level that I think we've forgotten how good they were. Esri Konza as well, I think it's going to have a key part this season, considering he's going to play a lot of right back, I think, and a lot of centre back. Um, and again, I, he's another player who I think should be playing for England very, very soon. Um, but I think I'm going to go that I think McGinn's going to be a talismanic player this year. And because he's going to be more progressive, I think he's going to get more goals and assists this season. And I also think that um, he's going to be a key player to link midfield defence and attack. Um, so I, I just think he's going to be a big role this year. And I, but then I'm going to go Douglas Louise as the main man, just because, you know, player of the season last season, I think it's going to be the same again. I think he's an absolutely fantastic player, a subtly brilliant player, subtly imaginative, somebody who's able to create space for himself in ways that you think it's almost hard to see how he did it. And he, But he just does it, you know, with drag backs and the way he or two links defence and the, uh, the forward line. He's a, he's a super player, and I think again, like you know, will be a regular Brazil international just going by his talent and a player who, if I was to say who do I think a Man City might think I'm going to throw a hundred million pound at Aston Villa for somebody, it could it's, it won't he won't be a hundred million, but it, you know, he's somebody who I think a lot of teams would want. He's he's very good, so uh, I'm hoping that he's the man who can help lead us on to uh, the Champions League and stay with us for many years. Yeah, well, you picked the two players that I I was thinking of as well. Um, hmm, right, think, you know, yeah, like a spicy well, question. I, we always bloody agree. I know. I mean, you've gone for Louise as the one player. Um, you know, if we are picking one, you've, it sounds like you've gone with Louise, who you know, absolutely, he he's he's under under Emery. He's I mean, we've seen a slow progression from from Douglas Louise, which I think was always expected, wasn't he? When we signed him, he was a bit of a rough gem. That's why Man City inserted that buyback clause because they they knew of his talent, they knew of his potential. And, um, you know, they were always going to contemplate bringing him back. Luckily, that time kind of expired. I think at the time, Man City didn't maybe need him. So they moved on to other things and the buyback clause expired. Thank God for that, because he has become that player. Um, that's not to say Man City, that's going to stop Man City buying him back at some point for a ludicrous fee, you know, because he, I think he has reached that level. He can certainly play for a team like Man City, certainly a team in the Champions League for sure. He's just become... Brilliant. And I've seen him a lot in preseason. I know it's just preseason, but he just turns it on like a tap. Do you know, it's so yeah. easy for him to become this kind of like world beating midfielder. You know, the pass he played through for, I think it was Ollie Watkins's goal against Valencia. Uh, was it Valencia? Another goal in preseason he, he got an assist for was just mm -hmm. phenomenal. It was kind of like that kind of quarterback pass sort of through the lines of the defense and Watkins went on to score. Um, so he's brilliant. But for me, I think it's John McGinn. I think, um, you know, second season now as captain, but without the drama that, that came when he yeah. was given the captaincy into Gerard, he's now kind of a settled leader. He'll be playing in a different kind of position from what he did under Gerard, much more offensive and have much more of an influence in, in, in scoring goals, which is what he, he was doing before kind of Gerard decided to play him as a more defensive player. Um, and yeah, I think, as you say, he'll be that link between the midfield and attack He's got, a, as we all know, he can score goals. He scored a goal, a beautiful goal against Warsaw in pre-season. I expect to see more of that from him this season. An incredible yeah. goal against Chelsea last season. That sort of just outside the box. Yeah. Um, some theatrical goals. I think I'm, I'm expecting from him. And um, you know, I just, I just think this is his time now. This is his time where he's been at the club for a number of seasons. He was desperate for European football, and he's, he's got that with with Villa. Um, he's integral for Scotland at international level. Um, and yeah, I just think this season is ready made for him to just take it by the scruff of the neck 
and deliver, you know, literally kind of eight, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 performances sometimes for Villa week in, week out. I think he's, he's got it in his locker. He looks fresh, he looks ready. And I think he's the man that can deliver it for us. Lovely stuff. Uh, right, so we move on to the next question. Um, any breakthrough player potential? Who's there to kind well, of break through? Well, I think pre-season's sort of given the game away on that front, yeah. hasn't it? Uh, I think the two you'd look at, Jaden Philogene, obviously, is yeah. the number one performer in pre-season. He did very well at Cardiff last season, young player of the year there. Uh, you can see why he was linked with a lot of big clubs uh, a few years ago. I think PSG, Bayern Munich, teams like that were after him. A late developer, an interesting story as to how he got, you know, made it into professional football. And um, but uh, well, Liverpool have been linked with him very recently. I don't know if you've seen the reports I, of that. I, so I did see that. They seem to they seem to like the look of our players. I know Jacob Rams is a player Liverpool genuinely do want, but I I know of people who work within Liverpool media world and uh, football world who've told me Ramsey's a player Liverpool really do like. And uh, quite frankly, Ramsey's a player that he's out till September, isn't he? Um, but once he comes back and he can get up to full fitness, I look forward to seeing how high he mm. can go this season as well. He's just, you know, so young, gets yeah. better and better every year. Um, but breakthrough, uh, I think Jaden Philogene is obviously sort of the, the most obvious one, but it sort of depends on who goes on loan. You know, at the moment, Omari Kellyman's not gone on loan. He looks a really naturally gifted player. He he's does, given, very he's talented. Given, he's given me the same vibe as Carney Chukwameka in the sense like at his age, he looked like you just know he's going to make it. Mm. Um, Chukwameka's obviously gone on his own direction and it's, uh, you know, maybe it'll work out for him eventually, but it's not one I think I would have thought a lot of people in football would have recommended going to Chelsea considering their track record with youth players. Mm -hmm. But uh, I do think Kelly Kellyman looks like he's just a naturally very intelligent player, very gifted. But, you know, because... Jaden Philogene seems a bit obvious. I'm actually going to go Cameron Archer just because I think he is going to get a fair amount of game time if he stays at the club and doesn't end up going on loan. Uh, and also, I think that, you know, he had a slightly underwhelming preseason. Um, fine, but he won the Euros with England, so brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think once he gets his first goal for Villa, I think that would be the moment for him. I think he'll just go up a level. And it's the same as Ramsey when he played against yeah. Arsenal a few years I ago. I completely agree got his goal, went up a level. And I think there were a couple of moments in pre-season where he actually was making really clever runs, getting into the right position. You know, he took on three players against Valencia, got got a shot away. Shows that he can cause um, uh, trouble for, you know, very good defences. Shown before he can do it in the championship at least. Um, so I think that if, if he gets one goal quite early on at Villa... As a player who comes on for 20, 15 minutes uh, a game, not somebody who plays the Ollie Watkins lead role just yet, but somebody who maybe just comes on as a bit of a backup striker. Um, I think once he gets one goal, he could end up, you know, getting quite a few. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say Cameron Archer does uh, does it this year. Um, and I really hope he does. Yeah, I think that's a great shout with uh, with Archer. I mean, you know... Too many people reading into preseason, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, Erling Haaland didn't score in preseason. Does that does that mean he's not going to score any goals in, in the Premier League? No. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So I think I think it is a big season for him. And given the fact that at the moment we haven't signed another striker to rival uh, Watkins, you would think, as you say, Frankie, that he will get a lot of minutes and an opportunity to impress uh, um, in in the league. So, so he's certainly one to keep an eye on. But yeah, I think Philogene. He's played so many minutes in preseason. He has impressed. He offers something a bit different. You know, he's got that sort of pace we've been missing. He's he, he's not afraid to try one on ones. You know, he, he's he's a quite an aggressive player. 
you know, as I mentioned, linked with, with with Liverpool. So, you know, big clubs clearly are interested in terms of what he can achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, you know, someone who's kind of fell off, he fell off the radar in terms of kind of like one of those players to look at. You know, we were all looking at Archer. We were all looking mm-hmm. at maybe Irogbenham at QPR and then yeah. Philogene goes to Cardiff. Uh, and, you know, Cardiff struggled. They had a difficult season. Um, but by all accounts, you know, he did okay there. Got a few goals, a few assists and playing in a, you know, a very competitive league very regularly, despite the fact that they, you know, they change managers midway through the season as well. So, you know, he's come back. Uh, he's done the business in preseason. He's he's playing in a position where we don't have a lot of strength and depth on the wings. Mm-hmm. And Emery himself seems to, you know, from what his comments are, he seems to be quite keen to keep him around. Um, and arguably, you know, he might even get a start against Newcastle based on how he's been playing in preseason. So, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. But but certainly, as you say, Archer, um, those those two are going to be the ones to watch. Um, but there might be a, another surprise, as you say, with Kellyman well, as well. So who, who knows? But I, but I, as well. If Arobinum yeah. sticks around, I, I back it. If he does stick around, I think we'll go online. But if he sticks around, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a really strong performance here and there as well. Absolutely. And, you know, um, just an, as a, another point, you know, Aaron Ramsey looks like he's heading out the door to Burnley. Um, we, there are reports that, you know, there's a buyback clause inserted. So it, it essentially feels a bit like a glorified loan that if he does really well for Burnley, then, you know, potentially we can bring him back. But with him gone, you know, it just, it just means it opens the door for for other young players who are around. Um, and yeah, uh, Philogene or, or Archer could be those two. But yeah, I think Philogene for me seems to be uh, one to certainly keep an eye on this season. So we move on to our next question. Uh, top goal scorer. That's probably a fairly straightforward one. Would you assume, Frankie? Yeah, it's, it's got to be Yonder Ran, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Robin Olsen. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ollie, I'm going to say Ollie Watkins hits 20 Premier League goals this season. Well, I think that, yeah. That has to be his target. And I yeah. think he's looking sharp in pre season. Obviously, you can't read too much into preseason, as we've said. But, yeah. you know, the way he played last season under Emery, got so many goals, came alive. Uh, I'm going to say that he has to target 20 goals this season because he can do that. And I think that is what will guarantee him his place in the England team. Yeah. I mean, this is different from the the uh, question last season where we were debating whether it was going to be Watkins or, or Ings. Do you remember? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, definitely Ollie Watkins. He seems to be on penalty duty as well. That's probably an area of his game he probably needs to improve. I never feel like he's... He's nailed on to to score uh, penalties, but um, mm. but I, I assume you know if, he, if he's playing, he will be our penalty taker. He has scored them, you know. He 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 knows how to do it. But if he can achieve a bit more consistency from from um, uh, from the penalty spot, then that would obviously improve his numbers. And yeah, targeting an England breakthrough and, and trying to challenge Harry Kane for that number nine slot with England. I mean, that will be a huge challenge for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, how, that's how many is he going to get, George? Say a number. I will say he will get just shy of 20, but I think that's more down to the fact that I think Emery would want more contributions from other players. Okay. Uh, so I think I think maybe around the sort of 17, 18, 19. I'm going to say 21. 21, okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, first, so first game of the season, as we mentioned, is Newcastle. It's a tricky one. Uh, obviously, they are a side who will be targeting... Champions League football too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how will we line up? You know, it's interesting I, because 
the tactic slightly tweaked in preseason where it went to three centre-backs and a full-back and the full-back bombed on when we were in possession. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was in the second half against Valencia, we went to, I think it was Dean and Cash, a left and right back, just because Torres and Bailey hadn't really worked together on the left, even though I think Torres actually can play out as a left-back and I think we'll actually be quite good at it. Um, but uh, um, uh, so I'm going to think, I'm going to say we maybe go slightly conservative uh, and sort of play a little bit more like we did last season. And then against Everton at home, we maybe try and do the three at the back thing a little bit more than we might against Newcastle. Um, so I'm going to say we're going to start with Dean and Cash and Concert and Mings, um, the regular centre backs, Emmy Martinez, Douglas Louise, Bubakar Kamara. Uh, Wendy has to start on the left, really. Um, Bailey didn't show it really on mm. that side. And uh, McGinn, and then Diaby and Ollie Watkins. That's and exactly that's my lineup as well, Frankie. Yeah. So there we are. We sped through that. Um, <laughs> there we go. Um, obviously, I think if um, uh, God if Moreno was fit, then I would probably have Moreno yes. left back. But, um, but obviously and, not. So and then I'd shove Contrat to right, and I'd put Paul Torres in, and then you'd have the three centre backs, and Alex Moreno would be the player who runs on. That's what go. I think would happen. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. So we've discussed the Villa in uh, fine detail, but we're going to talk about the rest of the league now. There's going to be some ropey predictions here, I'm sure. Um, So, Frankie, first things first, who do you think is going to win the league this year? Ooh, Man City. Uh, Just too far ahead, too good. I don't think anyone's catching them. No way. Yep. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I, I can't really add to that, really. I think, I think you know, they've got the best striker in the league. They've signed uh, Guardiola, who's one of the best defenders in Europe now. I mean, yeah. as you say, Greenwich is on fire. Um, yeah, so so I think, I think no question, I, I, I think, think Man City will win. I think it. the only question about Slotley is um, Riyad Mahrez was actually quite a useful impact player for them and did get quite a lot of useful goals. And I think as an option, not having him on the right is actually a bit of a loss for them, even though they're still so good. Um, but it, I think Cole Palmer might step up. You saw that goal against Arsenal. Yeah. I think he might see a bit of that this season. Bernardo Silva out on out that side as well quite a bit. So I think, yes, I, I, I City will miss Mares, I think, in some games. But um, ultimately, I, they're too strong. Yeah, I, I don't think they will steamroll of the league. Um, uh, I, I, But I do think... Yeah, as you say, they're, they're too strong. I think across the board, they've got the manager, they've got the infrastructure, yeah. they've got the starting 11, they've got the bench, they've got the youth players, they've got everything. So, yeah. They've got the um, nation Man- state. Yep. So, Man City to win the league. Uh, top goal scorer? Erling Haaland. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, particularly if, if Kane goes to, to Bayern, yeah. Um, then yes, for sure. Uh, actually, something I would say as well is that I, I think that uh, City's main competitors haven't, they've strengthened, but they haven't, They've missed out like key roles. Like if Man United had just got Harry Kane, hmm. along with the other signings they've made, I, th- I think they could challenge City. Uh, and the same with Arsenal. It's like I think Arsenal got Rice, Timber, um, Havertz. I think they're all you know Rice particularly fantastic signing. Yeah. But the striker, they don't, like they don't have a good enough yeah. depth in up front. Um, so I, I think I just think that's going to cost competition. Uh, and Liverpool, I think maybe defensively still not. A bit suspect, but uh, top scorer Erling Haaland. Yet yeah. I think he's going to hit forty Premier League goals this season. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with you absolutely, and I think that's a very good point. There's no one really in the top four who have signed, um, you know, a guaranteed goal scorer, as far as I can see. I know Man United have spent a bit of money on the lad from Atalanta, but 
there's no guarantee that that will pay off. Um, so yeah, particularly in the way that Erling Haaland has. Um, mm. So yeah, I think Haaland again will top the charts. Relegated, Frankie, who's going to go down? Relegated. This is tough now, actually. It is tough. It oh, is really, tough. I mean, I saw this question. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be super competitive again. Didn't I predict Brentford last season? You uh, did, Frankie. Yeah, my, you did. I, I thought second season syndrome would hit them. But uh, no, that's. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that... Um, I think Sheffield United look like absolute dead certs to potentially do a um, derby. Uh, I have absolutely no idea what on earth is going on there with them selling their main creative players. They don't seem to really be signing anybody. Mm. Absolutely bizarre. Um, so I'd, I'd love to speak to a Sheffield fan, um, you know, uh, just about it. So I really don't understand what the approach is this season for them, but uh I don't think they'll do as bad as Derby because I think Bramall Lane is a tough place to go and they're, yeah. they're a solid enough outfit that they'll get points. But uh, I think they'll go down, yeah. And I think they'll probably the first manager sacked to be uh, theirs, Heckin' Bottom, I think it is. And uh, so I go Sheffield United. I think I'm sort of tempted to say Luton actually get enough results at home in an, an intimidating little ground and atmosphere and big physical side, maybe do a bit of a Stoke City. And mm. I think that I could see that happening. I think they might stay up. But I'm, I think I'm just going to go a bit conservative and say they do go down and maybe just don't quite have enough to stay up. Um, so that's two of the promoted sides have gone with. And normally they've tended to stay up in recent years or a few of them have. And then I'm going to go, the temptation is Wolves, considering they've lost, they're losing the manager by the looks of it, Lopetegui, you know, as of recording, it looks like they're in discussions to leave. They, they're selling their players and other teams that do that. Southampton last season, Leicester did it. Villa did it a few years ago. Stoke did it. And you don't replace them. You always pay a price. But I actually think they still actually have a solid enough team that with the manager who can maybe just eke out results, they'll do it. They'll be all right. Just about. Hmm. So I'm going to say actually Fulham, um, even though I think they have a very good manager in Marcus Silva, uh, I think losing... Mitrovic is quite a big loss for them. And I'm not really sure about where they get all their goals from. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm probably going to go with them uh, again. Uh, but also, I don't know how Forrest are going to do this year, but I think they'll, I think again, they'll just probably do similar to last season. Mm. So, yeah, that, that's my three to go down. Very good. Yeah, I think, um, as I said before, I think it's going to be so competitive. I count about 10 teams that could be in and around it. And I would actually mm. include Brentford in that because. Although they've got a fantastic manager, there's no Tony and David Rea is on, is, is on his way out, who arguably mm. would be their two best players last season. So I, I think, you know, considering how well they did last year, I don't think they'll achieve the same again. I don't think they'll go down, but I do think that they'll be towards the bottom end of the table. Um, I think Bournemouth could struggle. Um, mm. You know, Dominic Solanke has been linked with a move to West Ham. They obviously made the strange decision to get rid of uh, Gary O'Neill, who looks like he's going to take over at Wolves. Um Got, they've got and quite an exciting manager, though. They 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 do they do, yeah. but you know, um, unproven and um and you know, I think Bournemouth will, they're, they're one of those teams that will always struggle to attract players. Yeah. Um. So I think Bournemouth can struggle. I don't. Again, I don't think they'll go down. I think I should probably okay. talk about the teams I do think will go down. Yeah. As that is the question. I agree with you, Sheffield United. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, as you say, Sander Burge looks like he's off to Burnley. Uh, you know, uh, you know, another a player you wanted at Villa. I remember George. You yeah, were well, him. yeah, yeah. Well, I, good I, 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 he's a very good player. Um, and yeah, it seems like a strange one. I mean, I'm not a Sheffield United fan. I don't know how well he did last season. I'll be honest, but he always came across as a player that was kind of one of their, one of their sort of key ones. Um, 
so yeah, uh, I don't think they've strengthened enough. So I think Sheffield United will go. I do think Wolves will go. I think okay. Lopetegui was um, was a good enough manager that might have helped them. But the fact that they're letting their key players go and they've lost Lopetegui now, um, I think Wolves will go. And I think the third team to go will be... Um, you know what? Just to be different, I will say Bournemouth. I think Luton might have enough to sort of like, you know, scrap their way to, okay. you know, 17th or 16th. But so I think I'm going to go Bournemouth... West Ham Wolves to go down. West Ham. <laughs> no, I'm looking at I'm looking at the table. <laughs> I'm looking at the table as it stands now. It's in alphabetical order. So uh, no, obviously Wolves, Sheffield United, and uh, Bournemouth to go down. Okay. Okay. Um, so okay, from the bottom to the top. Uh, so top four, Frankie. I guess it should be top five this year. Really. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll go. Um... Well, we know who's fifth. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. so top so top four. Uh, I'm going to say City 1, Man United 2, Arsenal 3, Liverpool 4. Okay. Chelsea 5. Yeah. Just about Chelsea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll go Man City. Yeah, Man City definitely. I'll go Arsenal second again. Okay. I'll go United third and Liverpool fourth. And Villa fifth, yes. Oh, I like I like the optimism, George. There you go. You've got to be optimistic. And finally, the maddest event of the year, and in a and in a you know a day and age where crazy things are happening in football every single week, it seems. Mm. Um, what do you think is going to be the maddest event of the year, Frankie? Well, two seasons ago, I predicted Bluesby would uh, accidentally demolish their own stadium. <laughs> Last season, I predicted that. Blues would get taken over by Lawrence Bassini and moved to Scotland. <laughs> this season, uh, the maddest thing's already happened that Tom Brady was in a I know, exactly. Shirt. That is that um, is completely mental. But I'm going to say that Tom Brady, uh, in a moment of, uh, of you know, true inspiration, decides to, he decides that Birmingham City isn't like a, a it's not quite a, it's not a popular enough name in the US. So he's going to rename Birmingham City the Brady Bunch. <laughs> That's my prediction. Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. They're very yeah. nice. I think Richard Branson will try and, and project a, um, a a football match on the surface of the moon. Okay. That'll be that'll be the maddest event of the year. He'll, okay. he'll come in and just say, you know what? We don't we don't see enough lunar football. Yeah. Um, and and then he'll get a big a big projector and just shine it at the moon and we'll see Liverpool v v, v Man United or whatever, just on yeah. the surface of the moon. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> lovely stuff. Yeah, I'm uh, uh, trying to think anything else mad that could happen. Uh, there'll be, I think, there'll be some, there'll be another kind of crazy takeover, or there'll be another kind of like crazy celeb sponsored take. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. basically, the kind of welcome to Wrexham thing has taken off and, and been so successful that I think you'll just see more celebs basically getting involved in football in some mm -hmm. capacity. But Tim I Kardashian I... in a villa shirt. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to Villa, Kim. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you know, it'll be some, it'll be something like that. I just don't know which celeb and which club. It'd be great if like another kind of major celebrity got involved in like a like a smaller club. Mm. So I don't know, like Carlisle United and Kanye West. Uh, no, not Kanye. But uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, Kim Kardashian takes over Carlisle and renames it Kardashian. Car Cardile, Cardile, maybe. 
<laughs> yeah, sure. Something like yeah. something like that. There'll be yeah. maybe a, a famous person getting invest, you know, investing in Oldham or something. Yeah, that'll be that'll be, that'll be mad. So there we are, Frankie. Uh, I look forward to those predictions being wildly wrong uh, in May. Very wrong. Very wrong, completely wrong. But I hope you enjoyed the show, everybody, for listening. Thank you once again. Um, of course, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please, um, you know, like us on Spotify and all the rest of it. We're there. Uh, uh, so, you know, please uh, please keep uh, please keep going to us. And, uh, yeah, I've been your host, George Zeminski. Frank, I will catch you later. See you in a bit, George. And congratulations on the big wedding. Fantastic oh. day. Fantastic people. Thank you very much, Frankie. All I need is Unai to, uh, to get us into... Champions League next season and my year will be complete um, and it is goodbye for me too we'll be back again soon but until then come on to Super Aston Villa Super Aston Villa